Hi, I'm Claire Hooper, and I've just yelled at my five and seven-year-old to please be quiet while I record this message. This episode of Good Sheilas is brought to you by my new children's book, Princess Benjamina Has a Very Cheeky Bum, perfect for children the ages that I just yelled at to please be quiet. Actually, coincidentally, the book's a lot about that. When you're yelling antisocial things, maybe you just need to catch up with a friend. That's the core message. Really, it's just an excuse to make lots of bum jokes. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're long-time friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas. Hello. Hello. The longest pregnancy I think that has ever been recorded it went for 38 weeks, and I don't think anyone can beat that. Hold okay. on. Whoa, 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 wait. 38 mm-hmm. weeks. 38, Claire. Did you call the police? I, wanna... <laughs> I called everyone. I called presidents. <laughs> I called Jermaine Greer. I called anyone who would say anything about I this I called injustice. Bill Clinton. I called <laughs> Bill Cosby. Cosby. <laughs> he was really supportive. It was no, it was it was a <laughs> it was a really long pregnancy, and I was just I feel like it was my longest one because I did so much in it. Like I moved, and then I up here I did I, in Brisbane. I did like heaps of comedy. I tried to fit heaps in as possible, and I like literally grew in front of an audience. You um, did amazing. I felt like yeah, and I showed very early. Like I was, I looked quite heavy. I felt like I looked quite heavily pregnant. You by like pregnant six... really early. Like how dare third you? baby, your body's like, oh yeah, yeah. And also, all I ate was just like heaps of hot chips, and so I just was, I exploded. That's so delicious. Like, yeah, so delicious, and it was great. But it, yeah. So feel, I felt like I made pregnancy jokes for two hundred years, and then by the end of it, I was like, I couldn't. I, you know, like on stage, I was like, I can't make a single another pregnancy joke. But also, when you're someone really heavily pregnant gets up on stage, woman gets up on stage. That's literally the only thing she's allowed to make jokes about. Yeah, you so cannot I, say anything about anything yeah. else before you you acknowledge the monstrosity that you've become. Yeah, what the <laughs> shit is that? You what know, it's like it's it's really fascinating. We talked about this a little bit in our episode with Claire Hooper, but um, you know, this like that you have to you have to apologize for yourself. But like traditionally, pregnant women don't go out. They don't they don't make jokes. They stay home and no, like eat biscuits and wait for the pizza pasture of tiny feet. Pitta Patrick yell at strangers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How dare you? Give me hot chips. Yeah, it was. So for me, to, it'd be like, you know, like a 20 year old bloke making Tinder jokes on before me. Then I get up on stage um, and just have to talk about, I don't know, my cervix or something for a while. So it was always a huge shift in tone when I would get up on stage, which sometimes was really great, but sometimes was a little bit much. Um, but by the end of it, I was like, I can't wait to not say this joke ever again. And so I'm excited that I'm not pregnant. I'm excited that I 
can stop saying like my original joke when I got up on stage opening joke was always fat or pregnant and Mm -hmm. that was like allowed people to be like oh she knows she's both (laughs) thank you you very much so in both of our lives lots of you know obviously we're celebrating new humans and we'll talk about that later but we're also Mm. also lots of people are breaking up all around us relationships are falling like autumn leaves yeah, so obviously this has nothing to do with my pregnancy. <laughs> it didn't feel like there was a – that was maybe one of our weakest uh, segues, but we'll continue. <laughs> so this is um, – so, yeah, what we – Claire and I – like you and I talked about this before we pressed record. It was just a, just in a really candid conversation about how lots of people in our lives are breaking up, and that is mm. part and parcel of being in our mid-30s. Um, because that happens, you know, it like it, it so happens. Normal. Half of, half of yeah. marriages end in divorce. Exactly. It's a 50% failure rate. Why do people do it? But it is, um, but it, it, it's quite interesting that we are both noticing it quite a lot right now. And it's, I don't think it's happening any more so than usual. It just happens to be something that is kind of at the forefront of our lives right now. Not like yeah. personally, but it's happening around us everywhere. And the reason why we wanted to talk about this is not to say, oh, that's really sad, because often it is not a sad thing when people break up. Why we wanted to talk about this is um, I think people are at a loss when their friends say, oh, we're, you know, we're splitting up. We've been together for a long time. Perhaps you've only known me as a partner of this person. Um, uh, people who hear this news don't actually know what to say. And I think the what I'm finding really shitty and I think Claire you'd have heaps to say about this as well is people's kind of go-to is like you know that pitiful like tilted the head the lipless smile the oh I'm so sorry you know that so devastated yeah this is the saddest news I've heard all week and that I feel like is just 100% the worst thing you could say to someone Mm -hmm. because Claire tell me about when you and Wally split up what what did you find like the general response was just from like people who maybe weren't your closest friends but you had to kind of explain this news to because it is it's not like you oh they'll work it out themselves sometimes you had to actually be like oh you know Wally and I aren't together anymore what was the general response weird time because the only time where I could tell anybody was like by texting them or facetiming them or you know when we were only allowed to like walk with each other really quickly look at each other with masks that's a really weird way to tell somebody that you know that you're getting a divorce so um I think it was like a lot of people I I don't know like when people you're close to you can kind of forgive kind of bewildered or you know emotional reactions because you know like you you grow to have an idea of the world and the people in it and sometimes it's a shock but yeah there was lots of like like oh my god that's the worst kind of vibe which is you know again like you people have their own reactions but yeah there wasn't I think I think it would have benefited from a lot more kind of like celebration or like great let's you know we're doing something new yes it's gonna be really hard and really different but you know like how about in a month's time again and COVID it didn't really work like this but if I could do it again how about you know in a month's time when we're ready when you're feeling ready like we go you know we go and go do it for a couple of days down the beach or we go you know we go for a hike or something like just like planning for a future that looks different in a way that's really positive um because like no one yeah like it's nice to get it's nice to get kind of sympathy like not sympathy it's the wrong word it's nice to get somebody to acknowledge that yeah you're going through a lot 
but it's completely different to someone to be like, oh my gosh, how like how awful for you and your children, mm. like, and then you're like, yeah, oh, well, I'm already gra- I grappled with this gigantic, huge life changing decision, and obviously I've made it because on the balance of everything, it was the right thing to do. I just really don't need you to fucking tell me it was a terrible idea, Sandra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck off, Sandra. Like, it's it, a thing, like. You like as if you haven't gone through the last however many months of your relationship, fighting to to look at the positive things like fighting to be like well at least he's good at reverse parallel parking yeah. or well, at least he's really good at um, eating jam donuts like, or anything that whoever's partner <laughs> this is not Wally just anyone like you know you do that I remember doing this in like past relationships like being like oh at least he's really good at um, tying his shoelaces you know you're holding on you're like please find something good and about just this because breakups you're hurt. going through that's a red flag if you're like oh god yeah. at least when he closes the toilet and he does a poo I can't smell it from the kitchen it's like now, why you're scratching you, you what is it we're scratching at straws are we drawing it yeah that's exactly right and you're also closing the toilet to do a poo where's <laughs> esl heaps good today but it's, um <laughs> yes yeah, it, but it's true but but breakups they're shit no one's like do you know what it's too hard i'm just gonna break up it's just yeah, easy exactly it's, it's, it's a logistical nightmare it's a financial nightmare like if there's kids involved it becomes really deeply challenging and emotional. Together, just, yeah yeah it's horrible. just really really hard yeah and so then I'm, i i i reckon just like that you know like logistically that is all shit and personally it's all like such a, a clusterfuck of like uh, i think like the word that stands out most to me in for relationships is uh, when they break down it's just disappointing it is like, it fuck, is fuck i really really wanted this to work yeah and it didn't and that hurts because i didn't picture this turning down this exactly no no one gets together with someone and plans a life and then then it's like yes but at some point it will end everyone's like maybe this is a mess especially when they're you know like your houses and marriages and children involved it gets really Mm. big and really real what was the best and worst relationship breakup experiences you've ever had in terms of feedback from people bro oh Feedback from people. Well, I, 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 tend, I tend to shut down when I have a breakup. Like, a, it has been a long, long time. But, um, so, but I tend to disengage with people because I don't want the pity. I don't, I don't want to, mm. people to do that. I hate pity so much. So I don't – and we'll talk about that in the next episode because that's definitely going to come up. But I, I don't want anyone to do that. Oh, my God, you poor thing. You must oh be devastated, God, blah, so blah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I – so um, I don't know. But what I think – what I've started to do now when people tell me that they have broken up with someone – um, and I'm trying to do that now, like because, like I said, there's quite a few people that keep t- sliding into my DMs telling me. Sliding <laughs> like, you know. I'm free. I'm single. Are you going to be born? How long till you can have sex again? The <laughs> <laughs> nights at your house sound so cool and so fun. They are so nice. Come over. Um, but it, uh, I'm starting to do what I think I would want to hear, and I don't know if it's always the right thing, but I don't ever hear anyone say it. So when someone says I've broken up with someone um i am now saying i'm deciding to say um holy shit that it's a big change for you but it's exciting that you know you've obviously made a decision that's right for you and Mm. potentially your kids if they've got kids um this um you're really strong and you're really brave yeah, because that's what that's I would want to hear. Response. Because yeah, that's what you want to hear. You want to, you want to hear to be empowered yeah. and uplifted, yeah. and yeah, not just not feel sorry for. 
No way. Did you have someone say something good to you? Uh, look, I, when you I broke up I, with someone? I, I weirdly, I can't. I can't remember all the details, but like I. I, I think I, I think the bits that have helped have been, you know, like the ones like like you know, it, there's there's platitudes which are actually helpful platitudes. It's like there's no such thing as true love, so don't worry. <laughs> which Amazing. is actually that kind of shit is like you know when you get a bit sad and miserable and you're like um like oh god I'm gonna die alone and what if that was the one kind of vibe and when people are just like hey there's lots and lots of like love around you love before you love again now let's go have some fun in the break it's just like. Huh, actually, that's super helpful. Yeah. And yeah. do you think that you took that on board? Look, actually, it has helped sometimes. Like, okay, well, like, mm. I'm, I'm happy to share this with our listeners. I am three or four days away from a breakup, a, a planned breakup that the, the guy I've been seeing is, has, is moving overseas. And what, you know, what really helps at the moment is just that positivity. Like, um, like, um, mm. yeah, like, yeah, life is, life's, life has a lot of change and life can be really turbulent. And, um, mm. but, but it's really lovely that you can fall in love and you can fall in love again and again and again, as many times as you want with lots and lots of different people. And that's fun and lovely and normal. And that is affirming. It is affirming. It, and tell me, Claire, have I been one of those supportive voices for you? <laughs> You are you. You've actually been amazing. I know we joke a lot on the podcast about you being an emotional velociraptor, but like everybody <laughs> I know, you know, you are just so you just believe that I'm going to be excellent, which is really lovely. You're just like, of course, yeah, this is a great decision, and you should prioritize yourself. And you know, you're really strong. Yeah. And you've got this, and you don't need anyone. And that's that's really, it's it's just it's lovely. It's it's lovely that you you constantly believe in me. So yeah, you're you're, you're good. But when and so when I say it, this is what I find interesting because like I don't say that because I I don't because I'm like this is what she would want to hear because that's what I would want to hear I say that because I mean it so I'm always a kind of at um I always get a bit confused when you um kind of get a bit heartbroken by someone who uh, and this isn't to do with anyone that has been in your life recently but like even when we were in our, our 20s you'd go out with such a loser and, I, and then you'd be like sad when they left and I'd be like why you're way better than him um so I don't I say it because I mean it like this isn't me searching for the right thing to say I don't understand when you feel like someone like you know someone got away from you like I don't yeah. understand that and it's I'm like, like what? a perspective thing like uh, Clementine Ford's been talking about this a lot recently and I really enjoy it it's like this idea that we, we grow up and we kind of we are taught that marriage and settling down and having a husband is like the apex of a woman's life it's like mm. the thing that you need to do and if you don't get it there's something wrong with you and if you don't have it you should be actively seeking it and if you lose it you should, you're a total failure and like and shows like Married at First Sight really capitalise on that idea and they're like lonely singles in their thirties and it's like this oh. shock horror kind of vibe. And like we're talking about from day dot and I'm I, like I've definitely that's definitely how my brain works a lot of the time. So it's it's yeah. you know, unpacking that and kind of redoing that narrative is something that I'd really like to do. And just well, like putting other things at the centre. We grew up with that, like even, yeah. even as kids, you know, if, there, if you had like an auntie who wasn't married or, you know, an auntie that um, maybe got married but uh, didn't have kids or something like that, mm, if there was like something poor, missing poor in that. Ellen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, 
poor Tina just couldn't get her shit together. Yeah. She must it must have been a, a, her old womb or something weird. And you'd be like, oh yeah, you're right. Old that is womb, terrible. Yeah, exactly. She's broken. So it, we do like this is kind of what was taught to us as little kids with these yeah. little kind of off the cuff things from our the older people in our lives. Um, so we do we do have a lot of expectation that someone isn't happy if they're not partnered or someone yeah. isn't happy as if they've been if they're going through a divorce. It's like fuck divorce might be the best thing in the entire world for that exactly. person. This might be the happiest they've ever been. So I think we need to change change our response to people breaking up. It's say, fuck that must be really disappointing, mate. Um, sorry if you're feeling a bit shit, but it's exciting. It is What's so exciting. What is next? Good for you. For you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So next. Next. Exactly. Next. <laughs> the next next thing is a segue, obviously. <laughs> That's a new. That's a new segment change thing. <laughs> next. We've struggled so much with I it, know. and we've just cracked the code. Maybe this is the approach. We just start front about it. And we don't even try. Okay, from what's next. <laughs> ticking it off the list next next claire is something that i've been wanting to talk about this for uh, a while but my um dumb baby kept getting in the way so we are a little bit late to the party but i still have lots of strong feelings about this i'm sure you do too is chloe kardashian so uh talk to me about what happens what's happened to chloe kardashian okay so chloe kardashian she Poor Chloe, you know, I will say this. She has often been kind of um, ripped apart by the media and so on by being for being the ugly Kardashian sister, which is just a little bit unkind and brutal. But frankly, if I was her, I'd just like cry into my fucking pits of money. Anyway, so um, an unedited picture of her in a bikini, um, speculation was it was at a holiday in Mexico, um, has been posted on um, the internet. So it was un- unedited and it was unauthorized. So the Kardashians didn't say it was okay to put it up. And what made it really, really, really bad is that the team went crazy, tried to mm. get it off the web, with, like sending anybody who posted it on Twitter and read it on Instagram, like threats, legal threats, to, <laughs> that they'd be sued. And of course the internet was like, LOL, LOL, LOL. And yeah, it do you proliferated, not- it went guys- everywhere. Like these are this is family like helped create the internet like this family has capitalized on like the speed of the internet exactly. for since the beginning of their time, and now they're like wait internet stop and it's like oh no 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 you're not more powerful than the internet Kardashians the internet is more powerful than you so let's talk about the photo itself and then we'll talk yeah. about Chloe's response to the photo okay so she- so the, when you sent it to me one I was. Uh, I was at my house, her phone dinged, it was, I'll set the scene, and I looked, you were like, check out this photo, and I was like, and it was just a photo of one of the, I I don't know the difference between most of them, I just know Kim, and then there's the rest of them, and then the, but Chloe, I understand, is the tall one, and so she is, uh, there's a photo of the tall Kardashian, and she's just in a bikini, and she looks like so svelte and so curvaceous. So like everything svelte, about exactly, and it's like she's got she's got she's ripped. She's got abs. Yeah, yeah. So she's she like is. It was just, I was out. like, wow, she looks like a Kardashian. I don't understand. You like the you like the family has gone bananas over this. 
I was like, I can't work out what's wrong with it. I was trying, I was looking in the background, I was looking in the foreground, I was looking. Like, where is the giant penis? Where is the flaccid penis in this photo? Please, please, please be that. You know, those ladies take photos of themselves in the bathrooms and there's their dildo standing behind them, standing like a giant man. But we, it, uh, but so I couldn't work it out. And I remember t- I was, I didn't, wasn't sure I was just really tired. I was like, what's wrong with the photo? And you were like, it's not filtered. I was like, oh, I, I don't, I still don't get it. Like, I don't understand why they're upset about it. You're like, it's just, and then you sent me through some photos that she usually, um, you know, that the ones that she has authorized to be posted on, on Instagram. And they're like, obviously super smooth, like heaps of filters over the top. Um, it really, really airbrushed. Like every, yeah. every, the skin doesn't look like skin because it's so perfect. It's got no mm. texture. It's just like flat. Everything is flat and smooth and trim mm. and perfect. So, what? And t- the response to this from the before they even got angry about this photo, the response from the internet was. Oh my god! Finally, yeah. a photo where she looks like a real person. She but looks also, amazing. She looks amazing. Like she's so yeah. fit. That's serious fucking work to get that fit. Like it's it's this is just a normal woman who is a normal normal imperfect body, and that's wonderful. Hooray! Yeah, but I, but I, the other thing is like I couldn't see what was wrong with it. Like yeah. I, you know, I just I, I was like if there was. If there was like a you know a thigh full of cellulite, I'd be like, oh okay, she probably would be upset about that yeah, because yeah, yeah. they think or that's if evil. Her, if, her, if her flaccid dick was like stroking her face at you, exactly. If her bathroom dildo was on her shoulder, it'd be a disaster. <laughs> like a parrot. <laughs> hello, hello, tall Kardashian. <laughs> But we, uh, so I was confused. But it took me ages to wrap my head around. But the, I was so angry eventually when I understood what was happening <laughs> because the, the, of how cranky that family was about a photo where she just looked like a normal, normal, very fit person. And I was she, like, she how dare you? She did. Yeah, it was, it was so broken how, how they felt like they had to like tear down, like they would have ruined lives to get yeah. this photo. Like whoever acts, whoever did post it, fired. Whoever got like, whoever shared it, like, cancelled whoever yeah. this like blah 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 like they would have actually ruined people's lives to punish them for this photo where she looked like an like a pretty normal, normal really fit amazing woman and they were like no 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 this is not okay and this is a problem why claire well let's talk about her her response okay because because the her response has really, really highlighted what the problem was. So mm. she posted this video on Instagram where she put, it was heavily filtered. Like the, the filter, she obviously used a video um, on Instagram live. Um, it's like, like filters that you can use and um, with like angles of all of her body, like um, topless in a, in a, in a, um, a bandaid. What's the, what's the nice word to say? Bandaid colored nude. <laughs> in a nude bikini and and then and then she posted a four page statement yeah. about, about was... how upset she was tell me mm. tell me about that statement babe okay we, we need to i was gonna read the whole thing but it would take for a hundred years so i will just take out some bits of it it's a really really long one so um hey guys this is me and my buddy unretouched <laughs> and unfiltered <laughs> 
the photo that was posted this week was beautiful but someone who struggled with body image her whole life. So she goes, so she sort of sets the tone of saying like, look, yeah. I do love that photo. I love yeah. it. It's like, yeah. mm, that's a lie because you tried to sue everyone yeah, who posted yeah, exactly. it. So no, like you don't talk to us like we're idiots. But it was, but I've struggled with body image my whole life. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. So stop, um, stop kind of creating this really unrealistic body image for the rest of the world to try and keep up with. So yeah. this is where I get mad, okay? Two sentences yeah. in. I'm mad. Exactly. Because it's like she's coming at me like, I have struggled. I understand what it's like to struggle with body image because I grew up in a world where body image has been made, seemed to be really important in the middle like, you the are pinnacle. part of the machine, mate. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the worst bit. Like this, these, these women have created bodies that are completely unattainable. They've got these it, yeah, tiny no waist, one can these look huge like a boobs, these huge bums, these huge lips, huge, huge, like everything, huge hair, huge eyelashes. Everything is just enormous except for the bits that are supposed to be tiny which is their waist which is I don't know what else is supposed to be tiny their nose um their personality I don't know and then they and then they have to and then they push this out into the world in this like with a billion filters applied to it and then one goes out where it does not a filter apply to it and then she screams then she kind of pulls the body image card it's like I suck I understand she she like she skewers herself. I'm gonna be Chloe for a second. Can I be Great. Chloe? Yes, I, please. Want, okay. Oh, but who cares how she feels? Wait, I can't do it. It's too nasal. No, you can <laughs> do it. It's way harder than it looks. <laughs> because I grew up in a life of privilege. She's also on a reality show, so she signed up for all of this. Mm. I'm of course not asking for sympathy, but I am asking to be acknowledged for being human. Which is not what you're asking no, to be acknowledged you're for to at all. No, you the evidence that you are and a human. That you are a human, exactly. <laughs> I'm not a, it just makes no sense. And so what it, and so what it is, it's, like, it's just this huge rambling of like, I feel sorry for me, I'm human, but also please don't ever associate me with being a, a human. A real human, exactly. Because I I'm better than you. <laughs> that's the other thing, like that is the, that is like, Pretty, pretty much like one of the best ways that a woman could, could hope for her body, like by using kind of typical social standards, hope for her body to look. And so if you look at that picture, like if I, if someone took a picture of me and bathers in that angle, I would not look like that. If you look, look no. at that picture and you know that someone is trying to literally like cleanse it off the internet, um, mm. you'd be like, oh my God, what would they think of my body? Like, yeah, also, exactly. Especially because I was like, it's great. She looks yeah. great. And if I walked out looking like that at the pool, everyone would be like, what the fuck happened to you, Bron? Have you just spent the past nine months exercising? And I'd be like, actually, I just ate hot chips and had a baby. <laughs> I have no idea how this has happened. But I it, would, it, if I looked like that, I would just walk out of the pool and everyone would be like, she's naked. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing band-aids. <laughs> Like that, that aside, like the like, it, it just they build and make impossible standards for women. But yeah. it's not just that they profit off of those impossible standards. So I have a little list here of some of the things the Kardashians have endorsed. She's got a list and built an empire. I love a list. Um, so they have promoted and profited from appetite suppressant lollipops, which is a mm. thing. Suck a lollipop and get thin. Waist trainers, fit tea, which is actually just laxatives. Diet pills flat tummy shakes um and spanks and lip plumping gloss like and 
everything they sell is about it's not about looking like who you look a like. A human. Yeah. yeah. So they profit off exactly. this I... empire and it's 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 revolting. Like they are part of the machine and then to then to step up and say, Oh my god guys, like it really hurt me when you mm. like it's like no, you don't get to be sad when you 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 create you create the system. You you profit from the system that yeah. makes women feel like shit about their bodies. And what are you gonna say? Like what? Because she was like, she's like, oh, my family says that I look beautiful in this, but I, and I feel like, but I feel attacked or something like that. And it's like, was that not enough for yeah. your for, you, for all the people that you actually genuinely care about to say you look great? But it wasn't um, just her that was angry about the photo. It was her whole family were angry about the photo. Her whole family were on board to get that stripped because she was a representative. Because it's not on brand, exactly. Family. Yeah, and they're like, no, this is not our brand. You're not good enough. Like, and again, like in in a in a tiny little kind of itsy bitsy way, I do feel sad for her. Like in in that you know she's had to deal with being the not hot sister and whatever. But still, like normal human standards, she's super oh, hot, and also she's you know, fine. Even, she's fine. She's so but, rich. You don't have to care about anything when you're that rich. She's just like swimming exactly. your money. And when you say she's not the hot sister, it's like, but she's, but it's like saying like you know, um, James Packer's kids, like they're not the rich kid. It's like they're all rich. Maybe one has one less dollar than the rest. Like they all look the same. They all mm. are the same. To be like, oh no, you know, when you compare me to. My sister, I feel sad. I was like, well, that's not on me. That's yeah. on you. Like, you need to it be, you need you. to have a little bit more understanding of what's important. Yeah. And if you're still comparing yourself to your baby sister, then you're a fucking loser. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she um, ends up with this, Claire. For those else who feel the constant pressure of not ever feeling perfect enough, I want you to know I see you and I understand. Every day I am told by my family and friends who love me that I am beautiful, but I know that it needs to be believed from within. We are all unique and perfect in our own way, whichever way we choose to be seen. I have realized that we cannot continue to live life trying to fit into perfect mold of what others have to see, have see for, set for us. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Just do you and make sure your heart is happy. Fuck off, Chloe. Fuck off, Chloe. That is the what? biggest fucking load of shit you don't believe the words you just said she just it none of it made sense and it was insane that it was like it took over the news for days and i was so mad (laughs) that there was that that there was enough audience for this to matter um and i'm so mad that she uh like there's um there's no other way to put it but that she's a bit of an idiot. Yeah, she's like, a bit of an idiot. I, 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 she's a bit of an asshole also. Yeah. And an yeah. I was reading totally. this interview so, by this um this uh this this psychologist who was talking about um uh the impact of like body image on little girls and you know, you and God. I have talked about this on the podcast before. Her name was Samantha Takaro and she works at an eating disorder treatment center. And she was like, We have this this system where like we have young girls who like are at the peak of their youth and you know shouldn't be thinking about anything thinking that they need to get plastic surgery because mm. they don't look like a, like this unattainable kardashian and platforms like instagram like constantly reinforce this idea that we we are just what we look like and mm. so and she's like it's just fun the whole the entire platform is fundamentally broken and the more the more filtered images that we see 
the more unrealistic images that we see, the worse it gets. And she's like, we have to have the laws and changes to say that, you know, actually level of filtering is not okay and it's and it's hurting us, especially our kids. Um, and she's like, we need to change like the way that these platforms are regulated. Mm. Um, so basically what she's saying is that we should um, put the Kardashians in jail. Yeah. Well, they have been. He, it's, it's, that's why we've called the police, <laughs> and that's why they're coming to the Kardashian house right now. It is it's, it's, like they have. There have been something like the Kardashians have been so evil yes. in social media that there have been. They have like uh, people have made laws to kind of prevent their. Um, I guess like their. Uh, impact so uh the all of their diet bullshit that they push out so Mm. the um the diet teas and the the pills and the lollipops and stuff they aren't pushed out into like onto instagram between a certain time and if people are under a certain age it doesn't actually reach them but that's but that doesn't mean those things go away and that doesn't mean that well and also it just actually makes more of a mystery of the why do these women look the way that they do it's like oh because they're on these ridiculous diets and also they're getting liposuction every six months and also they've got things (laughs) shoved into their bodies all the time yeah just a team of people who are just solely focused on looking making them look good just mm. like me, every day, everybody's just, like, no, exactly. that's so good. I'm like, I've got a team of people, Stevie and Frida, <laughs> exactly. they help me look exactly like I look, exactly <laughs> like this. <laughs> a team. Oh, my God, the worst oh. team ever. All right, babe, next. <laughs> next. Next. So Smooth you had a sailing. baby, mate. I did have and this a baby. Is, I'm, I'm nesting because I'm, I'm quite excited for you to tell this story. Um, mate. Nice. Tell us about the lead up to Ari. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to have a couple of episodes um, on Mr. Ari. But the first, this one I thought I'd talk about um, just like the bit about the pregnancy and a bit about the birth and kind of my headspace in that time. Because I think it's actually quite, it was quite uh, eye opening for me. Um, this is my third baby and I just thought, that I would know exactly how it was going to go. Mm. Uh, but I think what we always forget is that every baby's going to be different um, and every pregnancy is going to be different and every birth is going to be different. And mm. so it's you can't actually – it doesn't matter how many times you do it, you can't actually predict how it's going to go. And this one was particularly different because – when I was 20 weeks pregnant, I remember going to do a scan, a 20 week scan, and the sonographer said, Oh, he's measuring quite big. Mm. And I lol, lol, because I was like, That's great. I'm having a big baby. That's funny. Next. And she was Next. like, actually, <laughs> actually, he's measuring a bit bigger than he should be. And I was like, Oh. Uh, okay, and I was hoping to make so she'd make some jokes, lighthearted jokes about it, like, "Oh, you're gonna have an enormous giant baby, ha ha." Yeah, ha, or, or like they love to say things like, "Oh, tear you open." <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck <laughs> off, Sandra. Yeah, but I had, um, but she was like, "Oh, the doctor will probably want to see you about that." I was like, "Oh, okay, um, fine." Anyway, then we moved to. Brisbane and I was just like surely that's just gonna go away everything's gonna be fine anyway I saw a GP up here and she was like oh wow he's measuring big we should you need to do another scan so to do another scan and in that scan they were like oh wow he's got a really big head and I was again 
waiting for someone to make some jokes and just yeah, be like, please, oh, your baby's please, got to be. Please, please, Yeah, because it's scary when someone has that, yeah. like, that they change their tone and they go, oh, okay, oh, all right, oh, okay. And there's so and many so options I... as well, like, make a joke about helmets, make a joke yeah. about hats, make a joke about my vagina, like, pick one. <laughs> yeah, pick a body part, that is funny, Okay. And go with it. I'm only going to respond well to humor, nothing else. And so I'd had, like, Lucas at one at one of the scans was like, oh, that must mean he's going to be Einstein. Ha, 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 And it was a terrible <laughs> joke. But it needed, like, a, and she just looked at him and she was like, it has nothing to do with his IQ. Oh, my and God. We like, oh, my God. Yeah, cool. <laughs> this is great. And so we had this kind of really from the 20... Fitting. Yeah, from the 20-week mark, we had this kind of like this little tiny seed that was planted that was something could be wrong with him. Mm. And we ignored it because we were like, there's no point in us spending... And that's just who we are. Like, we're not going to spend 20 weeks stressing about it, but no. it was there regardless. Then 28 weeks, another scan, 34 weeks we had to do a scan and then they ended up, because his head was growing so much, that they were like, um, when you need to do uh, an MRI whilst you're pregnant on your baby's head. And so there seemed to be lots of doctors uh, getting quite concerned about him mm-hmm. and I was desperately hoping to have exactly the same kind of pregnancy as the other ones, which was... Just get through it. They're just, and yeah, that's yeah. It. They're just, they're just and, so they were fine, right? Like, how, yeah. how did you, how did you feel at this point? Like, one, one thing that you're quite incredible at is kind of storming ahead and just being like, everything is fine and everything will be fine, and that's that's your coping mechanism, I think. Like, did you have points where you were like when you were still pregnant, where you're like, oh god, yeah, yeah. So I was absolutely fine for every every single t- step of it. Like little bits of hesitations for some of those steps. And your mind does go to some some ordinary places when someone talks about your unborn baby being there's something wrong with them. Um, uh, but I the the worst bit was one afternoon I was really tired, wasn't expecting it. Got a phone call. It was a doctor saying hi, blah blah. I'm some specialist. We need to do an MRI on your, on your baby's head um, ASAP, like tomorrow. And oh, I was no. like, oh oh okay, oh yeah sure. Does that like? why she was like just to rule out some pretty serious stuff and then i she was like it it probably would be fine but it might not be and then she had to leave and i hung up the phone i was trying to explain it to lucas and trying so hard to do that storming on thing but i remember kind of like buckling and being like holy shit (laughs) holy shit like this is a bit actually terrifying and just that thing of like fuck what like what if there is something wrong with him yeah and if i'm the one who says everything's fine everything's fine everything's fine who's going to be the person saying everything's fine when i'm not saying that like it was a bit it felt really it felt scary and i also didn't i didn't tell a lot of people like i didn't tell my mom and i didn't tell lucas's family like i said i always got a big head but i didn't tell them all of that stuff i I know that i told you and told like um i think i only told really my brother but I didn't want that. I didn't want people to be like, oh, my God, what are you and doing? And the speculation just... and the Googling yeah. and the pressure. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, like, I everyone, everyone gets so frightened and they, just, yeah. they, they, they um, catastrophize and it's not yeah. helpful. Exactly. So I just, I just did the MRI, which was really, really, really uncomfortable. And then uh, the things came back and they were like, look, there's probably nothing wrong with him, but there's some things that might be there. We just don't know. You just have to wait. 
And so I was like, okay, and charged on again. I had enough like fuel to just go, that's enough for me and I'm yeah. fine. And let's just get through yeah. this. Anyway, You're this is so the reason why. You're so fucking resilient, mate. I'm just like. Oh, I don't know. Always, I'm like, pretty good at ignoring things. No, I don't know. Like, okay, I, think, ignoring. I think you should be. Sorry. Next. <laughs> <laughs> no, like seriously. It's, it's, you know, you had it really, really bloody scary. Like, like yeah. you know, even, even at this point, like really scary. And, you know, you just, you're just like, no, nah, you know, whatever happens, we're going to be okay. And I think, I think you should give yourself a bit of credit for that because it's bloody amazing. Yeah, we didn't, I didn't always feel like it was like that. I just was like, just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. And do you know what helps to not think about things? Claire, you'll know this, is rosé from Drinking. Aldi. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I was like, this is fucked. So it was like, this is bullshit. Uh, so we got, we got through it. And that's why I was induced at 38 weeks because they were like, look, we don't want to... Um, I didn't really want to do a, do a cesarean, but I didn't care if they suggested it. I was like, yeah, whatever. Just, uh, But they were like, oh, we should really get him out at 38 weeks anyway, just to make sure. So we did uh, – well, I was induced at 38 weeks and I was thrilled because I was like, great, I don't have to be pregnant for the whole time, yeah. the whole 40 weeks because that seems absolutely – Such a long time. Impossible. <laughs> Not, it's, it's an impossible task. I don't care who says it isn't. And then they uh, – I just went in and they – just the medical language around why I was there. Um, so every midwife who would come and see me in the room would be like, okay, so this is before they induced me. All right, so – um, oh, why are you being induced? Um, no, they're oh, just because baby's head. Then they look at the it's files. Huge. And like, oh, yeah, maybe like <laughs> macrocephalitis, or I can't remember what is what it was called. Oh, oh, there's this. Oh, right. Oh, do you know why? And then I would have to try and explain that to them in like this really chipper like storming on vibe that I'm trying yeah. just trying to maintain I was like oh it's just like everything's fine like look the MRI said and they're like whoa you had an MRI they don't do that very often and I'm yeah. like cool Gosh. well they did it and it's fine and I'm just getting induced so fuck off Sandra yeah, exactly like, Sandra's Why everywhere it's always Christ. Sandra <laughs> fucking Sandra and so we and so and I remember I had this one appointment with this one doctor this was before I was induced. So this one doctor, he was a registrar and he was he was very sweet. He looked about 17 years old. He's very... <laughs> yeah, and I'm not particular with who I see. Like, I'm not like, oh, no, I need to see the same person. No, 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 I need to see the head of... Obstetrics. I don't need to oh, see I a doctor. See... I'll see the, yeah. I'll see the, the, the exactly. checkout lady at Woolies. Yeah, exactly. She'll do. She's a receptionist. <laughs> <Not particular>. Anyone. <laughs> she could do a stretch and sweep. Let's go, Sandra. <laughs> um, but it was... Uh, he was... He was looking at the the all my files and I was like everything's fine right and he was like oh I wouldn't say fine oh and I was like I would and let's just use that word yeah, exactly. and then and then um I was trying to make a few jokes about it and they were obviously really going well with this kid and he put his hand on my leg and he said um I'm so sorry oh and my I was god like, what pardon and he said I'll, I'll go get you some tissues. I was like, I don't need tissues. What do you mean? And he said, oh, sorry, I thought you were crying. I was like, no, <laughs> that's how I tell jokes. That's was, just my face. That's my face. I don't know. So he obviously was really good at reading me, but I was like, no, no, I'm not crying. Do, should I be crying? And he was like, no, no, oh, oh no, gosh. no, you shouldn't be crying. I just wanted to make sure. I was like, you could probably get your hand off my leg and stop accusing me of having emotions because you don't I don't have me. those. You don't know me, little man. <laughs> and so I, so, but I, but I, even though he, I knew he wasn't particularly good at that part of his job yet, I, 
I held on to that. So I held on to that for the next few weeks that I was pregnant. I held on to that going in, being induced. I held on to all of these kind of off the cuff comments that all of these medical people had that it was like, there's something, there's something that could be wrong. And you probably at some stage will cry about this. And I was like, fuck's sake. I hate that this that kind of dark cloud is hanging over this time that yeah. really shouldn't be having. And we, how do we, how are we kind of like speculating something we don't know yet? So can we just exactly like why why I, I guess I know that they have to, you know, manage expectations, but why why make somebody feel bad when there's an absence of information? I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, well, that's right. And so what I did do is ins- I didn't Google anything, but I listened to a lot of podcasts. And this is one thing I found quite did interesting. Did you listen to so Godzilla's again and again and again? I listened to them. Did and you they just made listen to no my voice, sense. though? You just listened to the track that was just my voice. Yes, I did. And it was um, it made no sense. And I felt much better about my life afterwards. I was like, God, this bitch knows nothing. And then I was fine. No, it was about... Um, I listened to these like pregnancy uh, birthing podcasts, which was all of the, so all of these women who would be interviewed and talk about, you know, their birth and maybe the complications that arose, but often they would have, um, you know, a really good ending, you know, like, oh, and they all said there was something wrong and ta-da, there was nothing wrong, sucked in medical institution. And so I kind of held on to those. But whilst I was like searching for these like really feel-good stories, what came through in a lot of these a lot of these episodes in this podcast, which were um, how women were really up, like pushing back against medical professionals and had this really strong narrative of, I uh, know more about my body than any medical professional and any woman who has a pregnancy should trust their body more than any medical professional. And I was really uncomfortable about this message that was pushed in every single one of these episodes because I was like, well, how do you know more about your body than a medical professional? And how do you how like and if I don't know more about my body than a medical professional, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I have I not am I not in tune with my body enough? Like, what like that pressure of knowing more about my body than a gynecologist or an obstetrician would just felt way too heavy. Mm. So again, I was kind of like lumped with this responsibility of not only trying to make this better but trying to understand something that was going on in my body that I didn't understand. So it was like, oh, my God. Do you know yeah. these podcasts that I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I do. I've, and I've yeah. listened to a few of them. And look, yeah. I, I, look I, know, I know that you know, pregnancy can be over-medicalized and there is some really good data on kind of what that mm-hmm. looks like and the impact on that. Uh, that where like women's kind of autonomy is taken away from them by like unnecessary procedures. Yeah. Um, but like I caveat that with like just the risk attached and and that's Mm. I guess that's what 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 frightens me like you know yes there's significant trauma that can come out of birth that that doesn't you know that 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 is like particularly painful or traumatic or you know not what somebody wants but like I guess the alternative is so like not I'm not I'm not reducing or minimizing anybody's trauma but if if someone said to me you know it's like we're we're worried for your baby's life or your safety Mm. or something like I just I feel like it's 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 really it is quite worrying for there to be a narrative out there that you know the system is trying to lie to you or trying to control you all the time and you should yeah. always disregard these messages. 
Yeah. So I found those, I found it really problematic because I was like, I wanted to trust these people and I, I mm. couldn't understand why they would be, or wouldn't, I couldn't understand why a medical system or would try and trick me. And mm. so I was like, oh, okay. Oh, maybe he doesn't have a big head or maybe I should be listening to my body. And then I'd listen to my body, which had no words for me. And then I would be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And even in labor that like the, like the midwife was like, so you tell me what's going on. And I was like, yeah, I, have I don't no know. Idea. I don't know. <laughs> And I was like, can it, even when like to to like to uh, examine me to see whether how far along I was, she was like, well, do you feel like you could push now? I was like, well, I don't know. Can you just check? And I was like, I have no idea. So do I? And then I was like, okay, maybe I do want to push. And she was like, great, push. And then eventually she checked and she was like, oh, you're only five centimeters. So I was like, fuck, I could have been pushing there. For 200 years. I know, exactly. Could you and just nothing check? would have happened. Exactly. exactly. So I have no idea what my body's doing. And so I found it really <laughs> annoying when people are like, I just knew that my baby was going to look like Kanye West or something. It's like, how do you know that? And also, if I don't know that, does that mean that I'm less of a person than you? So I found <laughs> yes. that. Yes, it yes, does. Yes, it does. <laughs> Yeah, so I found that re- really, really uh, frustrating. So, like the, I guess the stress of the unknown, like what was happening with him, and then also these kind of these weird kind of woo-woo messages out there from women to say like, just trust your body. And it's like I can't do both of those things at once. Yeah, yeah. That's not, and yeah, I just I felt like there may be. I spoke to an obstetrician about it. I was like, do you ever listen to these podcasts where they talk about how medical professionals ruin everything? And she was like, yeah, I listen to them because I think it's important for me to understand where these women are coming from. I need them to trust me. Yeah, she was amazing. She was a way bigger person than I was. She was like, I need them to trust me that I'm doing the right thing for them. So I need to understand why they potentially have no trust in me and in the first place. And how I can place. make them feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Supported. Yeah. Yeah. So during the labor itself, which was horrific, Claire, oh, my Ugh. God, horrific. It was so bad. That was because I was induced. They were so fast. Oh, the contractions, contractions like so quick. The, the tiny horrible. breaks. Oh my oh. god, the tiny breaks. They it was two minutes apart, and they would go for a minute, and that was oh, that for uh, from between one a.m. and eight a.m. when he was born. Oh my god! And they got an epidural at about six a.m. I think. And the oh, the anaesthetist was this fuckwit guy. Took way. I hate to this. Don't know. You've got to tell this whole story, mate, because this made me so cross. Talking about there are so, issues in the in the medical system, and this guy is one of them. I was. Thinking, I hate him. Tell the He's story. He's the worst guy. So I went to. So I said, to, I was like, "Can you, like, how far along am I?" And she just kept like not checking me, and I was, and so she was like, "Well, if you need a push, you need a push. If you don't, it's not far along." And I was like, well, I've no idea. Anyway, she was like, I don't imagine you'd be far. Like, you'd maybe be five or six centimetres. I was like, fine, I can't be bothered arguing with you anymore. I just need an epidural. This is too sore. And so she was like, sure, I'll just, like, got a swan over here and I'll get him. And so she called for him. Anyway, he took an hour to come. And when he finally arrived, so in that time, two minutes apart, one minute, each contraction's horrific. Oh, every single one. He's like, I, I can't do another one. I cannot do yeah, it Yeah, cannot. 
yeah I'm and then the wave would start and I'd go oh my god oh and my and god. then I'm just so mad because I'd already kind of accepted that I was getting a uh nepidural it wasn't like, yeah, like just it one could less, be one any less. minute now yeah like, exactly. I'm not I don't have to again. be doing this yeah I've decided I've succumbed to the epidural let's do it. and then finally this fuckwit guy walked in and he was like oh hey um Sorry, it took so long. I was like, just do it, please. And I'm amazed I had any manners left. And he was like, well, I have to explain to you the risks. And I was like, fine. And then as he starts to explain that, I get this horrible contraction. So I close my eyes and like, like just grab anything in front of me and I squeezed it to death. Oh, Hopefully it was horrible. Lucas. And uh, then he was like, oh, um, I'm not explaining this to you while you're having a contraction because you're not listening. Oh and I have, have to wait to it. And then I'd look at him and I'd go, okay, go. And because I was so tired, uh, my head would kind of drop and I'd just like close my eyes. And, but I'd still be listening. He was like, well, you don't have your eyes open, so you're not listening to me, so I'll just wait till you're looking at me. What a and fucking I'd be like, asshole. I can't believe this man. Like, I'm listening to you. And then, oh, so annoying. And he was so he was so frustrated by me so then I would have to like and then another contraction would happen and go oh she's having a contraction again I'm not going to explain it to while she's in a contraction then I'd have a horrible contraction then that would finish and I'd look at him and I'd go go just fucking explain it and he'd go okay well like calm down and I was like, oh, my God. What oh, my God. It's like I you've just, never seen a labouring woman before. Asshole. I'm going to complain about it. <laughs> I hate him so bad. And then he'd, go, and then he'd, and he'd explain it so slowly and he'd use all these, like, dumb metaphors. And he, I was like, oh, my God. I've just had hurry two up. other babies. I've had one <sighs> other epidural. I know what this is. Fuck it's off. so annoying. And then he – and then um, – he was like eventually he was like all right so that i've explained all the risks um and took him like i reckon 10 minutes so in that time what i had three or four contractions and then and then he was like all right uh so i just got to set up and that's going to take me maybe about 15 to 20 minutes oh my god i was like oh my god 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 and finally he finally set up and then he then he was like all right so sit on the edge of the bed lucas you sit in front of her on a chair and you just hold her legs really tight because if she moves her legs i might like damage her spinal cord and Lucas was like, definitely. <laughs> I was like, great. So like leaning, I'm leaning over, I'm hugging my knees. Lucas is holding my legs and they're like, all right. Um, oh, oh. And they heard the midwife go, Lucas. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Lucas. Sorry. Lucas, are you okay? Lucas, Lucas. And I was like, no, because it had, it had to be in between contractions. And so yeah. I was like, oh. anyway, I look up. Lucas is asleep on my knees. I was like, you motherfucker. And the midwife is like, the poor thing, he's so tired. And like poor having Lucas. to like just gently tap him awake. And as he's waking up, I feel the wave, this surge of a contraction oh, coming. And we I'm like, wake the fuck up, mate. And he's like, oh, so I don't know how that happened. And then so we had to wait for another <laughs> contraction to go through. And then finally the guy gave me the needle. And then he just talked about me uh, whilst I was in the room like I wasn't like I wasn't there he was like gosh um her contractions look uh really intense um she took forever for me to explain that to her but I'm like oh my I'm right here yeah and I'm so angry I hate that guy I hate that that guy guy. and we're talking about Lucas right (laughs) I hate that guy 
hate that guy. Fuck you, funny. So annoying. You should be a comedian. I should try it. Oh my god, it was just the worst. And then eventually, so I finally went to sleep, and I reckon I was asleep for twenty minutes, and then new midwife like pushed woke me up and was like you have to push your baby out now i was like fantastic next (laughs) get out sandra get out yes it was just like it was just so full but nothing like my other two births i don't know what birth uh, how anyone thinks it's amazing i tried desperately to like it this time i was like i'm gonna be empowered i'm gonna do that hypnobirthing even though i'm not gonna pay for it because i don't want to pay for it and i so i just imagined what it meant and then i tried to do my own version of hypnobirthing and then um it turned out didn't work because i don't know how hypnobirthing works and so i just had a (laughs) horrific time and and then um i love that so i tried to like um do mandarin but it was i don't know how to do it and i don't Mm. want to pay for learning how to do it Mm. so i did my own version of mandarin and i can't speak mandarin yeah (laughs) just speak in different sounds to people and it's very racist Exactly. I just figured I had a lot going on, Claire. I was like hypnobirthing. I'm just gonna envisage the the contractions to be beautiful. And turns out that doesn't it's not how it works. It doesn't work. So tell us about when when Tony when you pushed Tony Ari out of your poor old budger. Yeah, he was lovely. He came out and he was just perfect. He was Mm. his head was pretty squished. They measured his head, they're like, That is a huge head, but he but he just looked like a normal baby to me because I was imagining mm-hmm. this like whopping huge yeah. head, like a grown up head. You know those things, what those toys that you buy, like the bubble head toys Rats? that you can buy, the pop ones? Yeah, I was expecting that. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, totally. I was... Sexualized baby. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Bron. First baby. Yeah, so, but she was, he just looks like a normal baby. All of this, all of this stress. Uh, seemed to be for absolutely nothing. Um, mm. So that whole pregnancy was like half of the pregnancy was pretty ordinary with that kind of lingering bad smell of, oh, there's something wrong with him. And then when he was born, I was like, oh my God, there's nothing wrong with him. And all the middle, I was like, no, there's nothing wrong with him. And we are going to finish up here, but the next episode, what I think I'm going Sorry, to... Sorry, Brian, I think you mean the next episode. Yeah, I do. I do say what I say, but... <laughs> The whilst this, I thought that I thought the stress was going to be finished once I saw him, and yeah. um, it turned out for me, uh, I actually didn't know what stress meant until oh, three days nice. after he was born. So next episode on Good Sheilas, next episode on Good Sheilas, <laughs> we're going to talk about um, how the 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 stress that Ari brought into my life three days after he's he was born. He's so rude. Ari, how could you bring such stress into your mother's life? Exactly. Oh, already and... just a classic white man. Exactly. <laughs> it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a particularly fun episode next next one, but I will try. Um but it is gonna be um the episode where I talk about probably the scariest time um of my whole life. So hmm. for someone who doesn't share anything usually, um, I feel ready to do that. Um, and if you are not in the mood for um, one that is a bit uh, stressful, maybe skip the next one. Next. And you <laughs> go on to the one where we talk about dumb things like boobs and dicks. And, and dicks and, and dicks. And dicks. Oh, mate. Yeah. I'm so proud of All you. Right. He's, He's beautiful and you're amazing he and he's he a is. good boy. He's yeah. a good boy. All right. 
he's a good Sheila. He's a good Sheila. Little All right. Right. All Thanks right. for listening, guys. We've been good Sheilas. <laughs> <laughs>